It's nice to see you guys. Thanks for coming out. Uh, I was just thinking that um, the Lord of heaven and earth, the spirit of heaven and earth, and we know he's real because he lives in all of us that's here tonight. You can feel him. You know, One man died 2,000 years ago, and the books that we carry around are Bibles, and the way we feel inside, that is just the evidence of how real he is. Okay, so we're going to... Um, we're continuing on this refreshment um, series. Uh, for me, it's going to be refresh, renew, and revive. <clears throat> so I was thinking about all the famous people in the Bible, but I got, I got to narrow it down. And I was thinking about all the hardships they had went through. So the first that come to mind was Joseph, how he was like the favorite of his father. He was like the second to the youngest child of the 12. And he went from being the favorite and then being thrown into a pit by his brothers, and then eventually became a slave in Egypt. And I was thinking about how, what he was thinking, you know, the, all the hardship he was going through, and asking God, you know, where are you? <laughs> Why is this happening to me? And we go through lists in our lives, you know, what, sometimes we go through things, and we wonder what's going on, you know? And, but we saw that um, God refreshed him, revived him, and renewed him because he ended up being the second command of Egypt. He went from a child to, a, to a, uh, a slave, to practically a king. And then next I was also thinking about Ruth, who was a Gentile, and how her husband had been killed, or he had died, and she ended up going from Moab with Naomi, a 136-mile walk, all the way back to Bethlehem, just the two women together. And what were they thinking? They probably showed up in Bethlehem with just the clothes on their backs. You know, and they were probably thinking, where's God? What's, what's happening here? And uh, this is just going through my head. And same thing with with Ruth. She got there and she didn't know what was going on. She was gleaning in the fields. She was poor. She was picking up food just so she could eat. She was starving. And then she got refreshed, renewed, and revived. Because she ended up marrying one of the most prominent men in Bethlehem, Boaz. And marrying him. She went from poor with nothing to being one of the richest women in Bethlehem. And she ended up being the great-great-grandmother of our King David, a, a Moabite. That just shows that God can use anybody. He's not just uh, Jews. He uses Gentiles. He uses anyone that will put their faith in him. And um, so then we have King David. King David, who was just a kid. And he went and slew Goliath, the giant. So he had this encouragement that God empowered him, and he knew it was because of his faith that he was able to beat this giant. And then he ended up being chased around by King Saul, being chased like an animal, trying to kill him. And so after that, he got renewed and revived, and he became king. But after that, he's, his son wants to take over the kingdom. So now he's back on the run again. So he's, it's like a roller coaster, you know? But God's using them. God ha- has this perfect plan for each and every one of them, just like he has a plan for each and every one of us. So... So all these people, you know, there's, there's bunches of them. We know there's more of them, but I had to cut this short. But uh, they went through the same things that we go through. It, we all go through in different degrees, but we all face the same things. We all experience fear and doubt and anger and betrayal and confusion and lots of spiritual and physical fatigue. And that's where we need God to refresh us and revive us and renew us. 
So our lives are just a roller coaster, and God and or Jesus told us that we're going to go through trials. So I just want to look at these three words in the series and 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 define them. So refresh it means to make cool and clean, to renew by stimulation, to reinvigorate, to revive a person with rest, food, or drink. Then we have renew to make new again, to restore, to take up again, to repeat, to reestablish, as to reaffirm. And to bring into being again. And then the last one is revive. To bring back to life. Like to revive somebody. To, re- to impart new health vigor or spirit. To restore the effectiveness. And to renew in mind. So for me, <clears throat> these three words are the refueling of our spiritual relationship with, with God and with each other. Because we go through this roller coaster in life. <clears throat> and I believe God's given us these three words and these, these three things because he knows our present condition. We need them because we're carnal, we're physical, and we're corruptible. We need him to continue our life spiritually, but because of our carnality, we break ourselves down with these things. We try to feed and satisfy our flesh. We get tired, we get depressed, we get lost. We get desperate and scared and lonely and withdrawn, all these things. And sometimes we feel like nobody cares about us. And this is normal, and that's why God's there to refresh us, to renew us, and to revive us. To revive our spiritual relationship with him, and also to physically revive us, because we need that. As, as humans, we, we here in the flesh, we experience sickness, brokenheartedness, fear, despair, lack of confidence, discouragement, physical weakness, pain. Some of us are even unevenly yoked with our spouses and our doubt. And all these things are things that Satan uses against us. He uses these things to break us down so that we'll walk away from God. He uses these. These are his tools. In our flesh, it's so easily convinced by fear and pain and weakness that we can easily drift from our faith if we don't keep strengthening our spiritual faith. And how do we do that? By reading the Bible and praying and fellowshipping with other Christians. In Deuteronomy 31.8, God promises that he'll always be with us and he'll never leave us. And as a believer, God desires prayer on your part for him to help you. God has promises that he desires to deliver to each and every one of us. They're written in the Bible. He requires faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and prayer to him to establish a relationship so that he can help you. God has a, he has an arsenal of promises, and he can't wait to unleash them on us. But you, know, you have to know what they are so that you can ask for them. You get that by reading your Bible. Here's a small list of promises that are easily acquired through prayer. God's comfort. God's goodness, his healing, his help, his honesty in your life, hope, to have identity in the world, to have joy, God's love, God's mercy, new life that we all have, God's provisions, his refreshment, rest, restoration, rewards, salvation, to have self-worth, strength, success, victory, worship. These are all things that we can have if we pray for them. 
But we, in our physical weakness, experience things that break us down that only God can help us. So when we get broken down, now we, we start becoming despaired. We think there's no way out of our situation. But all we have to do, when all we have to do is pray and ask God for help. And he will answer. We go through sickness, brokenheartedness. We get scared about all kinds of things. We get exhausted and discouraged. Where we can lose confidence in ourselves and in God because of our situation. We get sucked into things like computers now, hobbies, idolatry. These are things that, are pull, that will pull us away from God. And then we forget what Jesus did for us and the power of his victory in our lives. And God's right there. He's right there to talk to. All you got to do is just talk to him. But we forget. We forget. We think he's like off in this far off place. He's right here. He's in you. His spirit is inside you. That's why he can never leave you because he's in you. He's always there. But we're the ones that forget. So let's, uh, let's look at the three things, these three things, and uh, then we're going to... Um, look at the reasons why we need them. So why do we need to be refreshed? Maybe because we feel weak in our faith. Maybe because we're tired of trying so hard to live the Christian life. Maybe because we've sinned and we feel dirty and guilty. We need to be refreshed because of these things. God's comfort is refreshing to us. When we're weak, he strengthens us. When we're tired, he invigorates us. When we've sinned, he forgives us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I hear, and I, I say this. Let me say this way. Don't be scared, because I'm in you. Don't be discouraged, because I am your God, and I have power to strengthen you. I promise that I will help you and prevent you from falling, with the power of my righteous right hand. This is such a refreshing promise from God. And the Bible's full of promises just like that. Jeremiah 31, 25 says, For I will help the tired ones and give strength to everyone who is weak. Again, when you think you can't go on, there's a promise. He promises to help you. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. And we may be able, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Isn't that cool? God shows that our promise to comfort us is transferable from us to other people. So his, his promise to comfort us, we can comfort others. And this is the grace of God who answers our prayers to comfort us so we can pass this same grace on to other people. These are promises of comfort to refresh us in our relationships and our, in our walk in life. If you're tired, Jesus tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He promises, I'll give you rest. He doesn't say, I might give you rest. He says, I will give you rest. It's a good promise from God. He doesn't go back on his promises. Jesus, he was among us in a physical body when he was down here. And he was tempted in every way. So he knows the trials that we go through. 
He may have gone thing, through things that some of us won't even go through. He understands what it means to be physically and spiritually drained. If you sinned and you feel that God's angry, so you think that he won't listen to your prayer, just remember what the Apostle John wrote in, one, in one, 1 John 1.9. 1, he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just pray and ask him for forgiveness. There's no need to carry this burden continuously with you if you've, if you've stumbled. Pray for forgiveness, and God's faithful to forgive. Learn from it, and remember that it took Jesus nailed on the cross to, to earn that, to get that forgiveness. Next we have um, to be renewed. Maybe because our devotion, why do we need to be renewed? Maybe because our devotion to God is weakened as compared to when we first believed. It's weakened. Maybe because God isn't on our minds the way he used to be. Maybe because the world and Satan have slipped in and deceived us to follow paths that slowly, slowly led us away from God. All these things happen to us Christians. Renewal is vital and necessary in our Christian life. Titus 3.5 says, he, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. And this reminds us of what a merciful and loving father we have. And this re- renews our thoughts of how good he is. Maybe your job in spreading the gospel has diminished from what it once was. Maybe that inner joy isn't there the way it used to be. Maybe the love of God that we know surpasses everything, as the Bible tells us, isn't being felt anymore. God in his power can and will renew your strength spiritually and physically. God's love inspires, strengthens, and rejuvenates the believer. Our problem is it's the same as what was going on with the Israelites. We forget. We get into our carnality, and we start forgetting all the promises, and we start going into the world. We constantly need to be reminded of God's love and power. That's why we stay in prayer. We stay in church. We stay in Bible studies, because it doesn't take long, and you start going right, slipping right back into your old ways. We forget that he created us and has the power to change us internally. He can change your heart. There's nothing in the world that can change your heart from the inside than God can. In Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God can take a hard, selfish heart and turn it into a loving devoted heart for him. And if your heart turns cold, God has the power to renew it, to rekindle it, to be hot on fire for Jesus again. You can turn your, he can turn your life around. Jesus tells us in Luke 18.1, he says, that man should always pray and not lose heart. The Bible says that God has the names of his children written on his hand. In Isaiah 49, 16, it says, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Just like when we used to write things in our hands. Everyone's probably done it. Write things in your hands so you won't forget. Well, God's got you on his hand. That He says that he will never forget. And God, he's always waiting for us to pray to him. We attain God's uh, promises through prayer. And when we pray, that renews him in us. 
we remember him, then remember that he's always there. Psalms 27, 13 through 14 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. This psalm who was written, written by King David shows the confidence that he has in God. And the, the Hebrew there for wait on the Lord, wait, is kaba, and it means to hope, also to hope. So he's saying, wait and hope on the Lord. Hope is optimism. It's waiting on the Lord's timing. It's waiting on his action for your situation. Knowing that whatever he does, it's always going to be perfect in your life if you wait on him. And he will renew your strength. And then we come to the last word, which is revive. Why do we need to be revived? Maybe because our spiritual life feels dead. Maybe because our effectiveness as a Christian feels like it's become non-existent. Maybe because we've forgotten our first love when we first believed in Jesus. See, all these things, they're all the things that most of us have gone through. That's why we need these things. This, for this one here is to be revived. So for any of these things, God needs to revive us. He needs to rekindle our spiritual fire, a kind of spiritual resuscitation. Yahweh is the God of restoration. We've seen him restore the Jews over and over in the Old Testament, numerous times, restore them. They, they get all filled with the Lord, they wander away, they cry out, and back and forth, back and forth. They do it all through the Old Testament. Then he even brought them back to their land after 2,000 years. He, he fulfilled that promise. He said he would. He gave us spiritual life, our spiritual life when we had none. He restored what was once alive spiritually but was lost through sin. God did this himself. He, he brought us back. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17-18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. So that means now that we've been forgiven and reconciled, we now have the privilege of going out and telling others that they can be reconciled through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So God's power, God's word has the power to revive. And then in um, Psalms 119.93, he says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. So God's standard of conduct written in his word gives us new life. Just his word gives us new life when we read it because of the spirit within us. The spirit in us agrees with what we read. It agrees with it. It gets us excited. It makes us happy. So remember how happy and relieved you were when you first found out about Jesus and you found out that you were saved? Remember that feeling? That you're now a child of God and you're going to heaven? Made possible by what Jesus did on the cross? The Holy Spirit made it possible for us to understand that. And because of that, you have joy. And it says in Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, it says it right there. It's the Spirit that made us realize it. 
with our spirit. And this was our first love of God. <clears throat> Over time, Christians forget this first love, and we need to be revived. Jesus addressed this issue to the Ephesians in the book of Revelation. Remember that? He said that they had labored in his name, but they had lost their first love. I'll read it. Revelation 2, 4, and 5. Jesus says to them, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works. So if you feel that you've lost the spiritual fire for Jesus, and it's not as it once was, repent. Ask God to help rekindle that flame. Turn away from worldly things that have redirected your thinking and pursue worship and prayer. Open your Bible. Study these promises and ask God for them. He promises to give them. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So this is important because your your request... Oops, sorry. Your requests that you make to God reveal your true motives, what you're, what you're really asking for. What are you asking him for? Is it, some, is it in his will? It has to be in his will. You can't ask him for money or a house. Or, he wants a closer relationship with you. That's what you, you ask for, things like that. And he says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else will be added unto you. And he knows exactly what you need and what will make you the happiest. You might think it might be a new car. He says, no, it's this over here. You take that car out and wreck it, you're like, <clears throat> wasn't much, didn't make me very happy. So, okay. so again, God refreshes because he knows we get physically and spiritually tired. God renews because he knows we can easily forget his power and his promises. God revives because it's his life in us that we can sometimes drown out and only he can breathe back into us. Only he can revive that spiritual feeling again and restore his holiness back into us. We can't work it. We can't do things to get that back. It has to be him. And those heroes that I talked about in the beginning, written in the Bible, they're there because God had a plan for their lives. That's why they're there. And they're there to teach us, but he, they were people just like us, just like us. We went through things in life, just like us, and God used them for his purposes. He had a perfect plan for each one of them, just as he has a perfect plan for each one of us. We're not just... Like they were way over here, up here, and now we're down here. You know, we're the same. We're the same as them. God's plan for Joseph was a lot different than what he had for the Apostle Paul. Look how famous both of them are in the Bible. He had a complete different plan for this guy, complete different plan for that guy. And even in the beginning, Paul probably, when he was learning the Old Testament, was going, oh, Joseph. And he didn't realize that one day he'd be in the Bible and everybody would be going, oh, Paul. God's plan for you, or you or you, is way different from what God has for me. Each one of us has a different, God has a different, perfect plan. 
And when we seek his righteousness in our lives, that's when his plan plays out. When you're doing your own thing and, and steering away from him, that's not God's plan. You have to be seeking him in order, if you want his plan to work out in your life. In Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So as a Christian, God is always constantly going to be working in you. He's never going to let you go. He's never going to get away from you. You can fall and stumble and pray, and he'll pick you back up, and he'll put you right back on his, his, uh, his path. <clears throat> and the thing is that God's path for all of us, it's a perfect path, it's a perfect plan for each one of us, but it's all leading to Jesus. It's all, le- it's all leading us to be like Jesus. And that's what all of us should be striving for. That's the perfect plan. God loves every one of us just as much as he's loved anyone in the Bible. He loves us all the same. He has no partiality. He has no favorites. We're all his children. God, he's always in you and he's always with you. We've got to keep that on our minds. We have to remember that. We don't need to get depressed. We've got to know that he's there to help us. He can help us more than anyone can help us. And his plan for your life, it won't fail because you're a Christian, because you're written in his book of life. We're all written in God's book of life. And that's awesome. Because everyone from the Old Testament, to the New, everyone from, from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the, the last day before Jesus takes us home, and, well, and even beyond that, we're all in his book of life. And the awesome thing about this book of life is that it contains the name of every person with faith that ever lived who will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And he loves us all equally the same no matter what. That's awesome. Oh, Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises that, that revive us and refresh us and renew us, Lord. And we need it so badly. We do. We wander from you, Lord, and we need you. We need you in our lives. We need your love. We need your comfort. And uh, we just, we're so glad to be here tonight, Lord, to, uh, to experience this. Father, I pray for everyone here that you will do all these things unto them. And that uh, we just praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.